0: I'm so grateful to be able to, to worship alongside of you guys this morning, to um, be able to dig into God's Word together. Um, and I have, But I have to confess that one of the reasons I'm excited this morning is because we get to talk about something that I have kind of an elevated inter- level of interest in. Some, uh, including my wife, might say it's an unhealthy level of interest in it. Um, but it's it's elevated, and that is shoes. We get to talk about shoes this morning. Now, um, now, now here's here's the thing. I was uh, I spent some time before this morning. I, I knew I was going to be talking about this, and so I spent some time thinking about this. And um, I was worried that when I started talking about it, you guys might judge me. But then I was like, no, this is a safe space. You can talk about this. It's okay. This is a place of grace. I mean, our name after all is Grace Spring, right? So you can talk about this and they won't judge you. And if they do judge you, they'll just hold it inside and pray for you later. So I'm just banking on, on that to happen. Um, but, you know, let me, let me share a little bit of my interest in shoes. It's, it's not, I don't think it's obsessive, okay? Um, I'm not like a sneakerhead or anything. I don't have like hyperbaric chambers for my shoes or anything like that. But what, what, And I rarely pay like over $20 or $25 for a pair of shoes, but when I go to a store and I see a pair of shoes that I like, I'm like, oh, I'd really like to have those shoes. And oftentimes, if I can get a good deal on them, I can justify adding those shoes to my collection. But on the other side of that, I have a really hard time getting rid of shoes as well, so I end up with this mound of shoes in our closet. So. That's my confession to you guys this morning. Again, I hope this is a safe space. Thank you. (laughs) Elani, you are so awesome. Now, you guys learn from her. (laughs) And if you don't learn from her, pray for me. And more importantly, pray for Aaron. Now, why why am I focused on shoes? Why am I talking about shoes? Well, we are in a teaching series right now out of Ephesians 6 that is focused on the armor of God. And it is this imagery that the Apostle Paul uses here to describe how we need to arm ourselves in order to stand against the enemy that that, that we are in battle with. And, and this is an enemy that is coming against us on a regular basis. We as followers of Jesus, Paul says, are in the midst of, of conflict. We're in the midst of battle. And so we need to prepare ourselves and properly get ourselves fitted up or All dressed up for battle. Now over the last few weeks as we've been in this series, we've been looking at a a couple of the pieces of armor that Paul talks about here. We looked at uh, the belt of truth, and then last week we looked at the breastplate of righteousness. But now this morning we move on to verse 15 of chapter 6, where Paul, in in his encouragement for us to take on the whole armor of God, he brings the focus to our feet. And he writes this, he says that we are to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Uh, A few other translations say this, Uh, ESV says, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, CSB says, and your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. Uh, The King James says, and thou shallest have thine feet, I'm I'm kidding, it doesn't say that. It says that your feet should be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, obviously, Paul isn't giving us literal instructions here. He's painting a picture using imagery familiar to those that he was writing to to help reinforce one more aspect of what is needed in the life of a believer and in the church in order to stand against the attacks of the enemy. And this particular imagery has to do with footwear. Now, I shared how I like shoes. I did bring some of my shoes with me today to, uh, to help me with this. Just some. This is, this is like maybe an eighth of the shoes that I have. I don't know. Maybe it's a 16th. But I did bring these to help with this. See, all of these different shoes have a purpose that they can be used for. For instance, these are basketball shoes, all right? So these basketball shoes, they help protect my ankles, they help protect my feet, uh, they have traction for the court, you know, that helps me get a little bit of grip. There's a little bit more spring when I'm you know crashing the boards, right? And these particular ones uh, are from the University of Miami, so they help me rep my favorite college team, right? Okay, so they have a purpose, all right? these, these are actually, they're not shoes, they're surf booties, okay? And what these are for is uh, when I, I put these on, it's usually cold in the water, okay? It gets like 60 degrees or so. Uh, and usually I'll bring these with me to California. If I go uh, surf in California, I'll bring these with me. And they help protect my feet against the cold, but they also help against some of the rocks that are in the water there, so I don't stub my toe. Uh, and, and, uh, and then also they create traction to help me stand on the board a little bit better. Okay, so those have a purpose. Um, these, these are a pair of my dress shoes. Uh, these get used once a year. <laughs> um, actually, probably twice, but um, I usually pair these up with my suits and, uh, and I wear them. They're also good for dancing at weddings, okay? Um, because they've got nice slick bottoms on them. Um, so those are, have a specific purpose. Um, oh, these. These are a status symbol. This is, that's what these are. These are a status symbol, okay? These are comfortable, form-fitting, all-around shoes. These are basically what I wear every day of my life if I have, uh, have an option. Uh, they're also really good for swatting insects if uh, you've got a fly in the house or something like that. So all of these shoes have different things that they can be used for they, they have a different purpose they can perform better in certain conditions than others and similarly the image that Paul is drawing upon of footwear to get his point across would have allowed for certain tasks uh, of those wearing them uh, to to take place more effectively or easier Paul says to get your feet fitted with the readiness That comes from the gospel of peace and the word fitted there is hypodeo and 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 that means to tie or to put on and what he is imagining here or the people that are reading this are likely imagining here are the Roman caligai. and the Roman caligai were sandals Um, those who study uh, history I think we've got a picture of them okay those who study Roman military history they would call these boots okay but we, I mean, they're sandals, right? I mean, some of you girls have probably, you know, got a pair of those from Marshalls or TJ Maxx, right? You know, and you call, what do you call them? You don't call them boots, right? You call them sandals, okay? But whether we call them boots or not, um, these, the, the, the were 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 footwear that the Roman soldiers would use in battle, and they were usually made out of Uh, of leather from either an ox or a cow. And the reason that we know that it might have been from a cow is because they went part of the way up the calf. I was was hoping that I could be here all week. Um, But they were made out of leather from either an ox or a, a, a cow. Now, I want us to notice one thing here. In the text... Paul doesn't say to take on the shoes of the gospel. He isn't talking about scripture here, okay? Uh, That is part of the armor. The word of God is part of the armor. It's a a piece of the armor. We're going to get to that. But what Paul says here for us to take on is not the the gospel. He says to take on the readiness or the preparation that comes from from the gospel of peace see for paul a critical part of the armor that we take on as followers of jesus is readiness that comes from the gospel now what is the readiness for what you know what is what is he getting at here well that's where i think the imagery of the roman Caligai can actually help us out Uh, see the best that i can see it the footwear of a soldier had two specific purposes Neither of them were fashion, okay? That's what most of our footwear is nowadays, right? The reason I have a lot of shoes is because I look at them and go, hey, those are kind of cool, like, I, like these. Like, what do I need these for? You know, I just thought they were cool and they were cheap, so I got them, right? And that's what most of our footwear is nowadays. It's, it's more because we like the way that they look. But for the soldiers, there were purposes. There were specific purposes that they used their, uh, their, their shoes for. And really two of them, that I can, I can see. One was to help them stand and to help them uh, have firm footing. And the other one was to help them move or to help them go somewhere. Now, just as is, is the case with a soldier and their footwear, uh, it's the same for us. What Paul is showing us in this piece of armor and the readiness that we need to take on is that there are really two things that are being pointed to here it is a readiness to stand and a readiness to go now um one more thing before we dig into each of those because i want to look at 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 each of those briefly but one more thing that i think it's helpful for us to touch on is what paul means when he says the gospel of peace i mean what is what is the gospel of peace is it different than the gospel gospel you know, is, it, what, is this a different deal? Is this something additional? What is Paul getting at by using this term? Well, what Paul means by using this term gospel of peace is it is the peace that we have that has been made through God uh, or with God through our faith in Christ. Through what Christ did on the cross, peace has been made available. Look at Romans five. Verses 1 and 2 with me, if you will. Paul says this He says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And so Paul says, That through our faith in Jesus, we have peace with God. We are no longer at war with God. See, sin puts us in conflict with a perfect and holy God. Yet through the cross, we have been reconciled with God. Or in other words, we have peace with him. Uh, elsewhere in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 2, Paul said that the dividing wall of hostility has been broken down. And, and in that, he's talking about not only this peace that we have with God, that this, this hostility has been broken down between us and God, but he's also talking about it between all of those who believe in Christ. He, he, he mentions Jew and Gentile. And he says, there's no division now between Jew and Gentile. There's been peace that is, that, that is made and it is available. So not only peace between us and God, but peace between other believers, all who believe in Christ. There's no division because of ethnicity. And that is the good news of the gospel of peace. That is what Paul is talking about. That when Christ died, when, when he shed his blood on the cross, two kinds of, of, of division or enmity were overcome that between God and, and, and man, and that between you know, believers because of the, the divisions that existed before. And so peace has been made as a result of what happened on the cross. And so back to what we're talking about with the two different purposes uh, for this readiness and the two different aspects of this readiness that comes from the gospel of, uh, of peace. And the first that, that Paul, uh, I think, is getting at here is a readiness that we need in this spiritual battle that, that, that allows us to be ready to stand. A, a readiness to be uh, willing and, and, and prepared to stand. The Caligai um, the or these boots of a soldier, uh, they had a unique feature. On the bottom, they had these metal studs, and so they were, it's called hobnailing, and they would, nail, they would put these metal studs or spikes or nails through the soles. And the reason for that is because it would help them to dig into the ground as they were standing and fighting especially those that were on the front line of battle, they would need to dig into the, the ground so that they could remain unmoved as they encountered an attack. And so their shoes would, be, you know, would have these spikes in, in them so that they could stand firm. And, and if you remember, you know, this is what Paul has uh, said earlier in this passage already. In Ephesians 6, verse 11, he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. If you go down to verse 13, he says, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. So Paul here, he's saying, you need to make sure that your feet are laced up. You know, you need to make sure that you're fitted up with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, so that, you can stand firmly against the attacks of the enemy. Now, now what does that mean? What does does it look like? How how does that come from the gospel of peace, the uh, the readiness to stand against the attacks of enemy? Well, I think at a very basic level, it's this. Do we have a deep understanding of what Christ has done for us? Have we fully placed our trust in him? Is that the place that our lives are lived from? Are we resting in the work of the cross? See, if we don't have an understanding of what Christ has done for us, if that's not the reality that we are living from, and, that, and that's not where we're resting in, and, and, and that's not what our life is, is lived out of, that it's going to be much easier for the enemy to come at us and we will easily be pushed back by his schemes and so we need to have we need to deeply understand and receive and live into and rest in the fact that all we need in life has already been provided and through the cross we have been reconciled to our heavenly father and and we've been reconciled to one another as well as believers in christ you know we, we need to rest in that and we need to live into that and live from that. We need to live into and, and live from the the, the the reality that our God is in control. That He is reigning in heaven and one day we will be with Him. Every one of us, every tribe, every tongue will be with Him, worshiping Him and the momentary troubles of this world will be no more. Every tear will be wiped away. No more sickness. No more pain. We need to grab hold of that and and live from that and rest in that because when the enemy attacks us and the enemy tries to sow doubt and tries to get us to believe that lies like God is not for you you know that when 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 he when the enemy comes at us and tries to get us to believe that God is not out for our ultimate good you know when the enemy uh, attempts to pit us against one another and sow division You know, when the the enemy tries to get us to to be at war with one another as believers in Christ, then we can be ready and prepared with that understanding of the hope that we have in Christ. That because of the cross, we are no longer enemies of God, but we have an abiding fellowship with Him. Uh, we, we, we have peace that was purchased by the blood of Christ. And that understanding, having that deep understanding and clinging on to that understanding and living from that understanding, is like those nails in the sandals that help us to stand in the face of our enemy. They help us to have that traction and to stand against those attacks because we can say, Now you say this, but I know differently. I know who my God is. I know he loves me. I know he is a God who, is, who, who, is, who has completely changed my life. And he's given me a hope and he's given me a future. That's who my God is. And so what you're telling me, I can stand against that because I have an understanding of what was accomplished through the cross and the grace that was poured out and the new life that I have in Christ. And so, so the, the readiness to be able to stand is, is there. As, and that's, that's part of what Paul is talking about, is these sandals, this readiness helps us to stand. The other thing that Paul, I think, is getting at with this imagery is the readiness to move or readiness to go. See, shoes, you know, one of the primary purposes of shoes is for traveling, Right? You know, it is, is, is to, to make sure that your feet don't get worn out, right? Not only was this the, the you know, did the soldiers' uh, shoes or sandals help them to stand, but they also helped take them from one place to another. And what Paul is doing here is he's tying in the imagery of feet to the good news of peace. And he's not only talking about a readiness to stand firm in the good news ourselves, but also about a readiness to move or go with that good news to others as well. You know, um, over the last couple of weeks uh, during the series, we've looked at how Paul, in a lot of this, he's drawing on imagery from the Old Testament, especially the book of Isaiah. Uh, And so the last couple of weeks, we've looked at Isaiah 59, and, uh, and we, we saw how there's this imagery of the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And, and, and Paul is continuing, I think, in this passage to draw out of, the, out of Isaiah for this imagery. But now he's drawing from Isaiah 52. And, and here's what we read in Isaiah 52, verse 7. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. This passage, it gives a picture of the feet of one who is transporting good news and that good news is good news of peace. Now this is the only other passage other than Ephesians 6, uh, verse 15, uh, the only other passage in the Bible where feet... Good news and peace all occur together. And and so Paul draws on this imagery. And, and, you know, uh, he actually repeats this imagery in another place. um, In Romans 10, when he's talking about people coming to believe in Christ, he says this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. One of the ways that we put on the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace is by having a readiness to move with the good news ourselves. Having a readiness to share the good news ourselves and having a readiness to proclaim peace and to say, our God reigns. Now, if we're honest, I think some of us have difficulty with the idea of sharing our faith with others. You know, Some of us, we, we hear the word evangelism and we kind of, you know, oh, do I have to do that? You know, we, we we kind of hear the word evangelism and we think of it as some kind of spiritual multi-level marketing program, right? You know, like... Like, you know, where our job is to to make sure that we've got this, you know, dolled up and shined up presentation and then we go to our friends and family and we convince them into buying something that we're selling. And then hopefully if they buy it, they'll sell it to somebody else, you know? And then it'll just keep on going down the line. And then before you know, we've got this pyra- pyramid set up, right? Like, all right, you know? Which no wonder we're not super excited about that. You know, like if that's what our... Our picture is of evangelism, no wonder. But notice how differently these passages present sharing the good news from the way in which we often conceive of it. The the picture of this passage in Isaiah and that which Paul uses in Romans is of a herald. And a herald was someone who would announce something that happened. Their job was just to announce the news of what had taken place. Now, that's vastly different than a Tupperware salesman or an Amway rep, right? You know, because, because a, a Herald is just, you know, they don't have a product that needs to be marketed. There's no, you know, no, oh, look what I'm selling. You know, let me, let me make sure I shine it up. They, what a Herald has is, is, is just incredible news to share. You know, a, incredible news that, 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 that everyone needs to hear. Now, people may choose to listen to it or not. But the task of a herald is simply to proclaim the good news of God's peace to a broken world. There's a passage in 1 uh, in Peter that I love. Um, we actually used this in our preparation for m- the mission trip a few, uh, few months ago. And it says, Peter, uh, he writes this. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. He says, be prepared. And and the word prepared that he uses there, it's the same word that Paul is using here for readiness. It's it's that same preparation. And and so what Paul is saying here is he's saying, be prepared. Be ready to share about what Christ has done in your life. You know, what, what has God done? How has He changed your life? You know? Um, for me, I just... I was once blind and now I can see. You know, He took me from here to here. And the only, only thing that, that I can attribute that to is a God who loved me and a God full of grace who, who desired that my life would be lived differently. And so that's, that's what the good news of my life is. And I can share that with somebody because that's what I've seen in my life. And, and, and all of us, you know, we, we have that opportunity. How has God worked in your life? What is the story that He is telling through your life? You know, and, and hopefully we've, you know, we've had some of these story groups that are going on. I'm, I'm hopeful that that's some of what has been going on there. It's, been, it's just an opportunity to share, like this is, this is what my life is, has looked like and this is how, how how i've seen god work in that life in my in my life as well and and really you know i think that, that that's part of that preparation it's just being ready when an opportunity presents itself to share who our god is to share how he's worked in our lives to share that that story that he's telling through our lives and so paul he says he says you know you need to to have this readiness and this this preparation to share about that with others you know some commentators they point to how in this um this armor there's really only one offensive we one offensive piece you know that everything is defensive in nature the shield the the breastplate the you know all of that except for the sword is 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 defensive but i would I kind of differ on that because I think that the, the shoes, the feet, the readiness has a dual role. Not only is it defensive and, and standing ground, but it's also offensive in, in, in moving forward as well. You know, because, it, because uh, when we're laced up this way, it helps us to move and go and take the good news into places and lives that, that have been occupied by the enemy for far too long. To, to take the good news of, of, of peace and liberation and to bring the incredible news of sight for the blind and freedom for the captives to proclaim peace. And when we do that, we can be used by God to take ground for the kingdom so the readiness that Paul is talking about here is a readiness to stand but also a readiness to go with the good news uh, Ethan and, and Aaron have been reading a book um, recently about Eric Lydell and uh, Eric Lydell he was an Olympic champion runner and um, just incredible faith I mean, his faith just guided everything in his life incredible story of how God worked through him but one of the things that's highlighted in the book about Eric Liddell is, is how when he would go to a race, he would bring a trowel with him. And, and the trowel was to, to dig out a place for him to put his feet so that he would have a place of traction when he started the race. And so he would take this trowel and dig out of this little place to put his foot so he could spring forward from that. And what a great picture that is of of being prepared, of having a place to put our foot, to, to dig it in. But here's something else that Lydell would do. He would offer that trowel to his competitors to use as well. He would give that to his competitors that were running against him in these races. He would offer that trowel to them to use. He offered them a chance to have proper footing as well. I was just thinking this week how great of a picture that is of, of when, we lace, when we're lacing up the footwear, the sandals of the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That Not only does it provide us with the proper footing to stand against the attacks of the enemy, but also it, it, it's that which seeks to offer that proper fitting to the world around us as well. What a beautiful thing that Paul points to in that. This is, this is what gives you that ability to stand firm, that to be prepared to stand firm when the enemy comes against you because he is coming against you, but also to be prepared to offer that to the world around you as well and, to, and to, through that that God could take ground for the kingdom and that lives could be changed and the blind could see that captives could be released, that freedom could come. John Stott, um, he he said this. I think it's so great. Uh, He said, the devil fears and hates the gospel because it's God's power to rescue people from his tyranny, both us who have received it and those with whom we share it. So we need to keep our gospel boots strapped on. We need to keep them laced up so we're prepared to stand and also prepared to share with others as God allows and enables us to do that. We, um, as we, uh, we close this morning, we're going to go to the Lord's table and, uh, and, and, and join in um, receiving the Lord's Supper together. And I was just thinking of what a cool opportunity that is for us to do that this morning. Because as we do that, as we, as we share of the bread and the cup, you know, it's really offers us this unique time to reflect on what God has done for us and the peace that has been provided to us through the cross. You know, what he did for us through the cross, but also his continuing presence in our lives as well, that he is with us. He hasn't left us, but he is with us. And so what an awesome opportunity as we think about being, you know, laced up and and, and being able to stand in an understanding of what has been done in the cross but also then his presence continuing to bring us with that message to others around us what an op- awesome opportunity we have to reflect on that this morning and I want to give you an opportunity to do that I'm going to invite uh, Caleb to come up and, and he's going to lead us in a song um, and, uh, and so I want to just offer uh, you're welcome to sing as, as he leads us in this song you like to do that, if you want to just take some time to reflect and then just sit and think about what God has done through the cross, what He's done in your life, what is the story that He is telling through you? Because it's not, you know, what He's. I was reminded of this this week. You know, my story is is it's His story. You know, your story is His story. What He's doing in your life, it's all. It's I mean, you know, it's not. Like, like, we've got this story that's uniquely mine. It's all joined together by what God is doing in the world and how He's working through you and working through others and telling this wonderful story of redemption. And so, if this is a time that you'd like to reflect on that, uh, but after um, Caleb and Ian have, have led this, led us in this song, uh, we'll come together and we'll share of the bread and the cup together. So I invite you to sing or reflect however you'd like to do that.
1: Wounded and forsaken I was shattered by the fall Broken and forgotten Feeling lost and all alone Summoned by the King to the Master's court Lifted by the Savior, cradled in His arms. I was carried to the table, seated where I don't belong. I was carried to the table. swept away by His love. And I don't see my brokenness anymore when I'm seated at the table of the Lord. And I don't see my brokenness anymore i seated at the table of the Lord, I was carried to the table, the table of the
0: Lord. Mm. I'm just going to invite you as you would like to. Partake in the bread and the cup. As you're ready to do that, I invite you to do that. If you have, don't have the elements and you need to get them, there's some in the back uh, that you can do that. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Bread and the cup, the body and the blood of our Lord. I was thinking about that song and I know I've um, shared this before but it's um, you know it's the, the song of uh, Mephibosheth as, uh, as he's carried to the, the king's table because he can't get there on his own because he's lame and so he has to be brought to the king's table but he's seated at the table And how that is our story as well. That we've been carried to the table of the Lord. That we've been given a seat in a place that on our own we don't belong. That we have no grounds to be seated there. But yet through the cross, we've been given an invitation. We've been given a place to sit table of the king so that's the story of all of us that put our faith in Christ is that we were carried to the table we were carried to the table that's the good news in our lives that's the reality of Christ's work in our lives for those as those who have put our faith in Christ we've been carried to the table of the king and now we have a place that has been made for us through the cross. And that is wonderful news to rejoice in. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can we sing that chorus one more time? I was carried to the
1: table, seated where I don't belong. carried to the table swept away by his love and I don't see my brokenness anymore when I'm seated at the table of the Lord And I don't see my brokenness anymore When I'm seated at the table of the Lord I'm carried to the table The table of the Lord
0: Thing that is to be able to celebrate. I think the team's going to lead us in a song of worship, and so I'm going to invite you to stand as they come forward and do that. I just want to offer that if you need prayer about anything whatsoever, there's always um, an opportunity to come and receive prayer at the front, and so I invite you to do that. But also this week, I just invite you to, um, to lace up with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Stand firm in the attacks that come against us. Stand firm in the understanding of who you are in Christ and what has been provided for you through the cross. The grace that is abundant. The freedom that comes. The new life that comes. Stand firm in that and take that good news to others around you as well. Go forward with the gospel. Sharing the good news of God in your life. Be a herald even if your name isn't herald, you can be a herald. And if it is, wonderful. You hit it on two fronts. But be a herald of the good news. Share the good news of God's grace, of God's new life, and of God's peace for a broken world around us. Amen? Amen. Let's worship together.